the table is set, the coffee is poured, the eggs will be cooking very soon, and you're in for a treat on this Tuesday morning, a beautiful, beautiful day in Warwick, Rhode Island. We now join Pierre and Janet at the breakfast table. Janet is preparing Pierre's, uh, she just prepared his lunch or is in the midst of doing that, but is also at the same time because she can do more than one thing at once. Wow. Uh, eggs, eggs on the stove. Hi, Janet. Hi, guys. How's everything going? Good. We can be informal here. <laughs> Janet's taking a sip of her coffee. I'm going to do the same. It's a beautiful Tuesday morning, huh, Janet? We just listened to the BBC World News Report. We did. Got a little bit of synopsis. I wasn't really paying a lot of attention. I was more amazed with the beautiful British accents and their economy of delivery in 120 seconds, what they can present. Uh, uh, yes. Microwaves on, maple syrup in hand. Uh, so what are you making this morning? Well... The syrup was for some yogurt oh. that was going with Pierre to work, but um, oh. we're not having it for breakfast. We're not using syrup today. Okay. Eggs and toast, basic breakfast. All right, I love it. I, we Eggs had... from our neighbors. Ah, Chickens. tell us about Ned, your neighbor. Oh, he's, he's, he's a, a quality. Guy. He's a quality guy, isn't he? He's an interesting guy and pretty funny. He's got some chickens too, I hear. I know. Yeah, chickens and beautiful gardens. Beautiful. But um, he's an on, honest guy. Now, explain that. A lot of people might not be able to take him because he's pretty, uh, he uses some colorful language sometimes and is very... He said something about something being common the other day. He was talking with him. He said, oh, that's common. No? I don't remember. Oh, okay. Was. All right. But he, he knows a lot about pruning trees and gardening and... Have you learned anything? Putting up vegetables and awesome chicken and all kinds of things he's amazing he's really kind of a i find him it, i we've had great neighbors we had christine francis that's right the one that was there before who's incredibly talented and just knows so much about so many things it's a diminutive and then i had a, we had an author david stone oh ah right and I've become right. friendly with all of them. Ned's making the most home improvements to the small house. It's a small house. Yeah, it was, David wasn't into home improvements, the writer. But he actually um, made a beautiful, beautiful gardens over there, actually. He, he did some pretty things in the yard. So After Christine. So you've got a hydrangea across the street. We, can, we want to do a separate program with you and your friend. Uh, Corey's Corey. more the expert in gardening. But but you're good too. You're you're under underplaying your role. Uh, but what what do you what else you got what do you got growing on your side garden, for instance, here this this summer? There's lilies, cornflowers, balloon flowers, snapdragons. Foxglove, I saw. Some foxglove. Pretty, and pretty hydrangeas and goosenecks, which multiply. Oh. Oh, rapidly. And how long? Like little... When did you start back at it this season? May. May, probably May. Yeah. You were waiting for some good weather, which which is good now. We get some a great stretch. 
We do. It's been beautiful. It's been a beautiful, beautiful spring. Um, aside of the coronavirus and a pandemic. <laughs> Janet's focusing. Janet's focusing greatly right now on getting the breakfast ready. She wants to really pay attention. Make sure she doesn't burn the toast. Oh, I don't oh, see it. it ah. um, it's been um, beautiful spring and beautiful summer. Yes. Not warm, not warm yet. Not really a lot of warm weather yet. Haven't had a chance to use our air conditioners. Yeah, not real hot. There was a couple of days maybe, but yeah, I, I like this time of year. I like every time of year. Actually. So you, let's just change the subject. I, I didn't want to do that, but we, I guess we can. Because uh, we can do these things on podcasts. Uh, what uh, your daughter's coming to visit from Chicago? I hope so. Teresa. I really hope so. Is her husband coming, Robbie? No, no. no. He's he has to work. He has to stay at work. Oh. He's a coffee roaster in Chicago. Yes. And, and Teresa is a uh, beans. Teresa roasted. works at a bar, bar, a bourbon bar. In the city. Yeah, but that's been closed for quite a while, and they're really not sure of an open open um, okay. date. And she would love to do a podcast with you on whiskey. That'd be awesome. I'd love to, I'd love to do it. Count me in. I'm, I'm there. She has a lot of knowledge about that subject. Great. And I got a wonderful sleep. I stayed over. I stayed over Pierre and Janet's uh, last night, and now I'm here this morning, ready, to, ready to have our eggs and toast. Very British, by the way. Very what? British. <laughs> and uh, and it's not green hams and, and eggs, uh, but there is a wonderful bed that they accommodate me with. There's an air conditioner that I put on just the fan only, just to have some pink noise. I had to have the drapes drawn. Which yeah. which let in the the street light, but it didn't really bother me too badly. Yeah, I propped the pillow up on the bed. Those are nice heavy curtains. Although I should probably change them out for for the summer. Did you want to talk about going to Joanne Fabric? We're gonna or Lorraine Fabric, which is in Pawtucket, yeah, to pick could. up some. Uh, it's a great fabric store. It's uh, got multiple floors of. If they let us in, we're not sure the the uh, rules with the virus. Oh, if they we, might only let so many people in at a time. Which, oh, is, which okay. is fine. We just all have to be patient, okay. more patient. Some people are more patient than other people, but it's not that much of a um, stretch. Pun I mean, no pun intended. It's they're 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 concerned about people's health. So so I want to I want to basically get we we go in there for two separate reasons. Janet wants to get fabric for uh, what what well foam for foam. To cover. I want to keep the material. On the porch that I have, it's an old 1940s. Yes, yes. Broadcloth. Yes, the broadcloth. Right, beautiful. I love it. And the fabric that I'm looking for is also for my my porch, at yep. 212 Hunts Avenue in Pawtucket. I've got. Fixing up. I'm fixing up. It's a small porch. I've already screened it in. That's right. I let the cat go out there. It's closed right now because I'm not home, obviously, and uh, but I want to get uh, foam for my swing. I got a swing bench. Or a swing, yes, a swing and a, and a chair. I'm going to make my measurements. Uh, maybe we can do that. We can go to the house first, make our measurements for the foam. Yeah. Or I can we can get the foam, and then I can call you at the house here later with my measurements. Um, no. Probably better to measure. Oh. Measure. I have 
have to measure here. Oh. And then we'll have to measure yours, and maybe we'll get it another day this week. Oh, okay. That's fine. I can work I with that. I'll be working on that project. Do they cut the foam, or do you cut it? I'm not sure. Okay. Now, the back of the chair, I want a thinner foam than I would have on the seat of the chair. Uh -huh. And I think that'll be awesome. Maybe two inches at the bottom, maybe an inch and a half at the top. That would be awesome. We have one egg cracked. From the neighbor's chickens. From the neighbor's chickens. And they're as yellow as can be. We like the yellow yolk on those. Whoa. Whoa. Janet's pan just spat at her. Stay tuned next for another amazing episode on Talk Me Some Art of Buckles Brannigan, the amazing cowboy antics, hombre of the Wild West. Starting right now. This is Talk Me Some Art, and welcome to another episode of Buckles Brannigan and the Mexican Territory. This is Talk Me Some Art, and welcome to another episode of Buckles Brannigan and the Rubble River Strike. This is Talk Me Some Art, and welcome to another in our continuing episodes of Buckles Brannigan. Today's program, Buckles Brannigan and the Rubble River Strike. South Fork in all its glory played the part in eerily quiet stillness that night. All 137 inhabitants were asleep in houses and ranches and in the old Yeller Hotel. Fresh off a gold strike that afternoon in nearby Rubble River, the overburdened horses and mules were hunkered in their stables. The town's own gunfighter, local cattle raiser, and all-around good guy, Buckles Brannigan, was surveying the town streets for stray paper wrappers and crooked wanted posters. Parking orders were given by Buckles to Marshal Casey Sunburst and a small group of late-night residents. His buckles shined with silver-plated gleam. He was looking for a card game and a particular tin-horn sucker, Colorado Joe. Buckles saddled up to the bar and ordered his top-shelf old gold whiskey. There was a card game in progress at Johnson's Saloon, but first he needed to go back out and get a haircut and his tonsils removed at Joe's haircut and tonsillery. Secondly, he needed to buy a pair of britches at Gordon Brothers nearby. And while there at Gordon Brothers, he wanted to procure a new pistol. Back in the bar, Miss Patty Camp, a vixen with an agenda. Her agenda was cheating for Gordon Hillsborough, the tin horn we mentioned earlier. 
I like that good looking fellow with the buckle. Drinks on the House by Colorado Joe, the Tin Horn. All on his tab. Deal us in, Carl, said Buckles. Well, the card tables were full by 5 a.m. They were all happy about their Rubble River strike, all flush with cash. Miss Camp placed yourself strategically by the table in question. That strike could be worth, well, upwards of 150000 said one, who was taking part in the strike. It would be the largest haul in the Mexico's territory, recent history. Deal me in, piped Buckles. I'm chomping at the bit for a good game. And give me that old gold bottle, the whole bottle behind you, Carl. Yes, sir, it's compliments of your card partner, Mr. Hillsborough. I understand we made quite a haul. Old man Varney was there, as usual worth his team of pack mules. The cards were flying and suddenly Buckles was dealt the hand to end all hands. A hand from heaven. A straight flush. Aces would have trouble with this hand. Suddenly, even the banter of an exciting strike night, Johnson's was broken up with the sound of gunfire. Matt Doran wanted an assurity bond of $2,000, and the protagonist reluctantly reholstered his forty-five resolver. I didn't want to have to do it, Marshall. Further investigation, and Marshall knew it. That crusty cringe, the showdown victor, was himself wanted the murder of Joe Marlborough. The current shooting was, of course, justified. Marshall approached the sidewinder, I'm arresting you with the murder of one Joseph P. Marlborough in Hanson Town, Kansas, July last. Do as you must, Marshal. I was ready for you. Just then, Cringe's sidekick, Ferguson Jolly, sped up to Krusty's side. Like a wayward kitten, off to the sped, and off they sped. Not even the cloudiest. Hi, this is Guy Massey, and welcome to Talk Me Some Art. Buckles Brannigan, the saga that we are presenting to you, will uh, be put on hiatus. Um, we found out that we have some issues with production, in that uh, the sound effects and the actors. Um, are relatively uh, expensive to produce and present. Um, things like uh, walking, uh, horse galloping, and some of our trickiest, uh, the actual gunfire, uh, is a problem to actually produce. Um, and I want to tell you that we will try to bring this program back to you. Uh, just like we try to do with all our programs, and uh, in a very cheerful way, cheerful presentation. We always try to do that, try to have a little bit of sense of humor to our 
our uh, angle to our shows. But Buckles, uh, he's going to be putting away his buckle. His silver buckle is going to be a little tarnished. He's going to be taking a little bit of nap in the uh, in the Rubble River Canyon, where we had wanted to present uh, the show. Uh, Buckles Brannigan in the Rubble 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 River uh, uh, heist. That was a show that uh, started out with really great intentions. It, it ended with good intentions, and that is, uh, let's put this to bed. Let's uh, take it out of its its misery. Um, location uh, aside, we uh, wanted to, in the studio, present everything. Our sound effects crew, uh, disappointed to say the least. Uh, John Jacobs, who produces, executive produces the show. Guy Massey is the producer. Uh, Janet Massey is our... Um, script consultant, she felt that uh, the show just lacked a certain oomph, and I use that word um, with all uh, meaning. Um, it is a show that really requires uh, you to, um, in the way we were presenting it, the way we found, and the way she found, that it requires too much work for you to figure out the proceedings. So, uh, from the Johnson Gem Saloon to the um, Sheriff Hyatt's office, the uh, the tonsillary, the barbershop, the dentist, the saddlery, the uh, uh, Old Yeller Hotel. A lot of these places, well, they're great places and they're great venues to uh, shoot the, uh, no pun intended, shoot off our series. But uh, I'm just going to not, not belabor this too much. Bye-bye, Buckles, for now. We'll see you in the town of South Fork at a future undisclosed date. The response has been incredible. Uh, from friends and family of our uh, latest effort and the St. John the Baptist story and Woodlawn, Pawtucket, Rhode Island, with our great guest, Claude Massey, who uh, was graciously helping us uh, with insight and his commentary in one of our longer shows, uh, talking about St. John the Baptist, Pawtucket, Providence, St. Cecilia's Church in Darlington. The sections of the city of Pawtucket uh, include Woodlawn and uh, Quality Hill, Oak Hill Platte, Fairlawn, and downtown. So uh, we thank you, Claude, for that episode. We're going to have you next on the next show. And uh, it's an undisclosed uh, subject. We think it's going to be a good one, whatever Claude picks. Uh, it's done right on the on the cuff, or off the cuff, uh, with what he ever whatever he decides to go with and roll. We roll with it. In other production news, we are going to slated to talk about the Grateful Dead, uh, backed by popular demand. Jerry Garcia, Phil Lesh, Bob Weir. Uh, the drummers Hart and Kreutzmann and keyboardist Brent Midland 
And, of course, Donna, the great voice, uh, which is a real addition to the uh, Jerry Garcia group called The Grateful Dead. Some might disagree, but Donna really does add. Keith Goshaw, um, Donna Goshaw is her name, but Keith Goshaw, her husband, he played in the 70s with the band, and he also uh, is on some albums. He did, um, remember now they did 2,500 shows and 13 albums. That's a respectable resume by any standard. Jerry presents us uh, with uh, some great, great, great programming. And one of them is going to be alone, him and Dave Grisman, who is the mandolin player extraordinaire. And they did uh, several albums together, uh, four to be exact, uh, in the uh, early to mid-90s. One album, uh, Shady Grove, which is probably my favorite, hard to say, but I think it is, um, has hit after hit on it, or great song after great song. And that is, um, that I can tell you is, is going to be a treat. And as well as uh, the Jerry Garcia band. Uh, so Jerry himself, uh, the most recorded guitarist of all time. He's the GOAT in my book. I did a whole show on him. Only one right now, surprisingly. But uh, this man did about 4,500 shows. And... Uh, of course, played before millions uh, in live venues all over the world, one of which was uh, the Great Pyramids of Giza in, in Egypt. I also uh, want to talk about uh, a great show, and this is a, a review program of um, This Is What It Is, and I hope you're enjoying it, just me giving you your rundown of what we've done in the past. And it included um, a story on animals and cats and their vision, their hearing, their sense of smell. You know, those uh, scent receptors of theirs, very powerful. Uh, my, in honor of Lulu, my girl, my girl kitty, gray and white beauty. And she's a youngin. She's uh, just about six years old. And we got, uh, we got our cane. Cane is our man cat, black and white, ragdoll style, big cat. He's a big fella. And he is, uh, he's just celebrating his year birthday here in June. So that's a great show. We talk about a lot of great things, the uh, intellectual aspects of them, their uh, lack of, of course, what we call lack of meaning. They don't really have that property. Uh, at least we don't know that. We can't get into their heads, but science has come a long way. So um, with that, I forward to our next program, Christmas at the Masseys on 212 Hunts Avenue. Features Santa Claus, Bert, Lucy, Claude, Nikki, Paul, Guy, Pierre, and Renee, and Winston, the dog that we owned uh, back in the 70s growing up here in Pawtucket. And it was a great, great, great time where uh, our Christmases, and if you, didn't, if you didn't remember from the program, the whole program juxt uh, the, I'm sorry, the crux of the show was that the, uh, 
the family celebrated, our family celebrated Christmas at three in the morning because my dad and mom would come home from midnight mass where my dad was church organist and my mom a lovely soprano voice and the beautiful choir that my dad uh, headed up uh, and he played his great pipe organ in celebration of the great Catholic mass, uh, the midnight mass. And uh, that, that also featured uh, in a secular style just for balance, well, a necessary balance, our gift openings. Uh, my meme Lucia was there. Uh, was uh, she was at the home earlier? My dad had picked her up before the mass, because the feeling was my dad and mom had started way when we were just little little tots. Uh, they would get in at Harrison Street in the '60s, and they would, uh, or even the '50s, when my brother Claude and my sister Nikki and my brother Paul, right at the end of of uh, the fifty uh, '50s, '59 in the case of Paul, '58 in the case of Nikki and 57. My folks were married in 55. Uh, in the great Catholic tradition, they would go on to have three more children. Myself, Pierre, and Renee, my beautiful little sister, and my great little brother, Pierre, my younger brother, Pierre. I was born in 60, Pierre in 61, Renee in 64. And uh, of course, gift opening was a great event. Uh, we got everything we wanted, we, it seemed, with maybe a, one or two gifts that were out of the loop, but we didn't really care much. We then would go on uh, Christmas Day to our f larger family proper, uh, the Massey, Guzzi, Blyer, Robert family, for uh, a family gathering where we would open more gifts. This first half of the year also also featured and showcased the story of the paper route and Pierre and I, my younger brother as I stated earlier from our earlier program uh, Christmas, uh, we would um, venture out on our bikes, pick up our papers and it's a story of a great ice storm of the 70s and we, uh, we basically uh, would try to deliver the papers, but to no avail, we would get about one quarter of the way through before we decided, or I did, and put, put the pressure on my brother Pierre to comply with me uh, to throw out our papers down the 10-mile river in Pawtucket. It's a wonder that the city didn't come after us, but I guess they, didn't, they weren't any the wiser. So that was a great show. Um, a, lot of, a lot of great other programs I also further want to mention. First, let me take you to a little meditation that I presented. God is good, God is grace, but it wasn't that. It was more of God gives us light, God gives us water, God gives us air, God gives us earth, God gives us the power to decide. Light is power. Light is air. Light is fire. Fire is light. And it was a great, great meditation. And I hope you listen to it. In our first half of the year, we really accomplished a lot of things. I myself discussed uh, on a program my 
addiction problem with marijuana um, and to more of an extent alcohol and depression. And it, it was a story of recovery. And the grace of God gave me the power to overcome many of these, and I'm still working on it. Although I don't haven't touched a drop of liquor, I haven't uh, smoked weed, I haven't uh, I haven't had the real real issues with depression, thanks to medication, excuse me, medication, and just uh, just pure will. That program um, presented. Uh, a, uh, uh, people that in my life that re- lives life that really came to my aid, and it was a great great show, which included my treatment at Butler Hospital, a hospital where I normally would have had a stigma, but decided to go um, just out of desperation, and with help from a family member, to just continue with the program. I admitted myself first um, in. Um, the later part of last year into the, uh, I'm sorry, the beginning of this year into the recovery, inpatient recovery. And along with uh, many, many other people that were in the same boat and some better off, some worse off. Then it would uh, be about uh, two months later, a month and a half later, um, again, volunteered myself to go into, uh, after I had been laid off from work, uh, because of these problems, as if I hadn't learned from before, uh, the problem was more with alcohol, acute alcohol. I was able to, I don't have any real temptation because I think it was a very short addiction. People tell me it was really, uh, not as much of a problem as I think it was. And I think I am correct. In saying that it was really a problem, but Butler also hosted the um, outpatient therapy in small groups. Um, it was the beginning of the COVID epidemic and or pandemic, I should say, and we had to be careful. We had to sit ourselves, seat ourselves, approximately ten feet apart to make that work. And I have to say a shout out to all the people that helped and uh, in the um, in the professional group and all of the uh, patients that were uh, of really helpful to and very much of a support for me. So with that, uh, these programs and more were part of my repertoire uh, for the um, great year that's starting in 2020. And it is mid-June. And I hope that you enjoyed this synopsis of sorts of programming that we have presented to you, a summary, a recap. I hope it was very helpful. And again, thanks for all your help. For everybody, family and friends, I love you. And for God. And again, I uh, thank you all. Uh, I want to just wish you a fond farewell and then we've got some great programs i talked about buckles brannigan a great show that we've done two episodes of one had some real technical problems i apologize for that if you had to uh bear witness or sit through that i really do apologize and we're going to try to get the kinks out when we present uh the show but it is it is in mothballs right now as they say
Thanks all and happy art to everyone.